All right, this is another episode of the Base Life Podcast, uh, number 19 to be exact. Uh, in this episode, we sit down with Alex Amart of Satori Factory in between training sessions at Fly Station Munich. I've been trying to get Alex on the mic for several months now, so we're, we were pretty stoked for this conversation to happen. I have to admit, uh, Alex is one of the most humble, reflective, and friendly guys I've ever met, so getting him to share his thoughts on flying was extremely insightful. We shared several of Alex's projects in the show notes, so be sure to check him out. And with that being said, this is Alex Amart of Satori Factory on the Base Life Podcast. Three, two, one, see ya. You're listening to the Base Life Podcast with your hosts, Randy and Brian. Welcome to another episode of the Base Life Podcast. Here in the laboratory, we are joined by Alex Amart of Satori Factory. Welcome, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, we are recording from Fly Station Munich. Yeah. Getting some tunnel time. Recording a podcast in a wind tunnel. Sounds, sounds pretty good. So far. So far. Yeah. How you doing, Alex? A little bit nervous, but yeah. I'll do my best. But besides that, like excited. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, if we uh, if we embarrass you, then you can make us pay in the tunnel. Yeah. We'll just put the speed really low and just torture <laughs> us. Like. Yeah, or well, very high too. Like that's gonna be a, a solution. Yeah. Ooh, very. Oh. I actually kind of like higher. <laughs> like. Yeah, like no, like because you've never been there yet. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know high. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. High speed, that is. I think we we just got over 60%, and I was like, oh, it's too high. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Take us back down to the 50s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder, what's that like uh, when you try and do this stuff in the sky, so to speak, uh, after only, you know, flying at 60% here in the... In a uh, like, the main difference is, like, when we fly low speed in the, the in the tunnel, like, you need to create efficient position to create lift, where in the sky, like, whatever you do, you're always going to fall, so... So for me, like, there's this uh, fine line between falling and flying. In the tunnel, you need to fly. If not, you get, you're going to get stuck in, uh, on the net. Mm-hmm. In the sky, you always have the chance to fall, which is like not really using aerodynamic position, but you can still mm-hmm. do the activity. And, but then like, that's like where the tunnel is interesting. Like you can take all the knowledge you get about like, using aerodynamic position and, and become much more efficient in the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess for the listeners, they already know that we've been doing tunnel for the last four months. Right, they, they know we're doing tunnel, and they know you're going to Baffin. Yeah, <laughs> so those are common themes, right? But um, for anybody that doesn't know, basically we do three hours of tunnel a month with Alex here from January to May, and we are working on our fourth month now. Things are getting exciting now, but uh, the, I guess the question would be, uh, you know, where did you come up with this idea to to set it up this way? Um, because I'll tell you, I I love this setup. The you know, really strong or a really hard weekend followed by three or four weeks of break. But uh, you know, have you done something like this before? So I never really force it that way. Like now, I really present that to you as a progression program. And the, the main intention is like to make sure I'm gonna get results, because it's like really frustrating for me if I have a student that come for just two hours and I'm never gonna see him again. 
like it's very hard to to actually go somewhere with that. So by like forcing you to stick with me for a while, like I'm sure we're gonna get results. And for me, like that's much more rewarding. So yeah, definitely. This this whole yesterday was super fun. Yeah. Like things <laughs> finally started after, to click. Yeah, after so many hours, things are slowly coming together. Yeah, that the thing. Like I think there is a misconception sometimes about tunnel flying where like yeah you, i'm gonna do one hour and i'm gonna become a ninja you know like now it takes a little mm -hmm. bit more work and time than that so right and well most skydivers or most people in the sky community measure tunnel in minutes and it truly takes hours you know and hours to get a good at this alex how many months of tunnel time Days, do you yeah. have <laughs> yeah i actually don't know but Quite, quite much. It depends, like, because uh depends, like, if it's while coaching, while flying for myself, and I didn't really take the count, but it's, like, it's it's in thousands for sure. Like, no, it shows. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because if I do three hours one weekend and you've got Brian, Suze, and Bam, that's 12 hours in the tunnel for you total. So, yeah, exactly, I mean, yeah. So two, two sessions, really, or two weekends, and you've done a day of free fall yeah exactly and the, f the funny thing is like i'm sometimes when i'm done with a camp like i look at everyone's progression and and i'm the one that progress the most <laughs> 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 like and mostly for this reason huh? because like the the volume yeah so yeah like that's uh, it's a privileged position to be coach for sure <laughs> yeah yeah so for for those that maybe aren't as familiar with satori factory or um or you you within the sky community can you give us a little background alex so that's quite a long story because it come before i was skydiving and i did few years of uh, acrobatic paragliding as a professional pilot and doing competition and and that was before the time of the gopro and facebook and all of that and and for me to be able to make video was like the best way to self-promote myself and try to attract sponsor and as a joke, I, I, I started to do the video, and yeah, as a joke, I, I wanted to have like a production name, so it was like Satori Production, <laughs> and uh, and it was good because and and then it contributes to it contributes for me to to finance my flying, and at the same time like develop as a filmmaker, and uh, and from the moment I entered the skydiving community, like that was like a skill that's quite much value, like. So I was like asked to do video, and but it was still like a fun, fun things to do. But like I think it's about three or four years ago, we actually registered a, a real company, and I've been working quite much with uh, with video, like out of the the skydiving community. Awesome. And how did how did you and Brian meet? Because I I'm the the odd man out in this scenario because I, we we didn't actually know each other before we signed up or before I signed up for your camp. You yeah. guys remember that? I remember meeting him last year at uh, when we went up for a Sweden boogie. Went up there for a wingsuit camp in Gritchholm, and uh, yeah, I got to hang out with Alex and do my first 15 minutes of tunnel of you know ever. Because all I wanted to do was try and figure out how to backfly in in a wingsuit because I clearly didn't uh, take that progression route, and so Alex uh, was there, and I got to go in there, and it was super fun right and so you, alex you call sweden home basically right i mean you travel yeah, a lot but yeah, exactly yeah that's a base camp mm -hmm. and why why'd you uh land on sweden uh i've i've been falling in love with a nordic country since 
2006 maybe. And first it was uh, in Norway. And uh, most of my uh, friends are Nordic people and, and my girlfriend is from Sweden. So, so naturally we, we end yeah. up there. And uh, I don't know, I always wanted to go away from France. <laughs> <laughs> and to actually register my company was like much more interesting and simple to, to do it in Sweden. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I, I still haven't made it up there yet. I'd, uh, I'd like to get up there one of these days. Yeah. Do yeah, like we have like a really great drop zone, as you can yeah. as you can experience it already. <laughs> and uh, like Nazareth, two wind tunnel over there, like regular free flight tunnel and uh, and the new wings tunnel. Mm -hmm. That's quite a interesting place to go fly. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about that wingsuit tunnel. Yeah, we. Uh, so the type of flying we're doing in the tunnel is is different than the the old school standard, right? Static versus dynamic flying. Um, yeah, it's like two different approach. Like the the philosophy behind the discipline itself, and then also the progression is like is very is very different. Yeah, you you punished me yesterday by trying to show me how to sit fly, <laughs> and I was like, I'd never want to sit fly again. Let me, let me go back to doing flips and carving. That's way easier. But, yeah, no, this is... If, if you can set up some sort of camp like this, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you get the, the Base Life podcast endorsement for sure. <laughs> yeah. For what it's worth. <laughs> like, uh, I'm already looking forward to setting aside money for, you know, an opportunity like this next year. So, that's... Uh, yeah, because, like, this progression pro program is for sure chapter one mm -hmm. like uh, maybe it's not gonna be with me next and but i think now you understand the potential of where you can learn and and the kind of work that need to be to be put in there to get results but so how did you get into the sky sports i know you mentioned uh paragliding was that was that your first uh yeah exactly foray? first air sport and i was completely random i was doing a course to become a ski instructor and um, and since it's like a seasonal job, like I was looking at a summer activity and paragliding was one, and I have the opportunity to get started. And actually, I was like, I've already thought paragliding was a a sport for old guys, you know, like not <laughs> something like really exciting, just like sitting in the sky. And but I actually dedicate like eight years of my life full time to this activity, and it's much more than a yeah. old sport guy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely started paragliding, looking at it as the long-term mm -hmm. solution because low impact and you can do it anywhere and you don't have to find a sheer cliff to go jump off of. So Yeah, and to be fair, you can still get hurt really badly in paragliding, but uh, just when you don't have as much of that op opening shock like you do in base and skydiving, like I feel like as... As we get older and start to try and like take care, better care of our bodies, like we're probably going to start paragliding more. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up about you, know, you spent eight years para like dedicated to paragliding, and um, I feel like a lot of people that I talk to that are not part of the sky community don't exactly realize, you know, when they when they see that really cool video with the great shots, you know, a lot like the ones you make, they don't realize just how much time is invested in developing the skills and developing the ability to shoot video like that and edit it. And there's a lot that goes into that. Um, do you have any, would you like to 
expound on that or anything you've learned from from all of those disciplines that you've brought together mm, but that's exactly the point now is like by bringing them together it contributes to each other and it's not like one and one one plus one equal two it's like one plus one equal five sometimes because because yeah i don't know if it makes sense but that really gonna um, develop in a bigger picture so for example like not even talking about shooting but like the understanding of uh, air sport activity like to have a, a paragliding background for example gonna like really contribute to to a base jump activity i've been doing uh, acrobatic flying for a while and i i had to deal with the worst malfunction you can think of like multiple line twist falling in my line Oh like all the <laughs> all the nightmare canopy malfunction you can imagine like i already experienced them so when i came to to bus jump bus jumping for example i already know how to deal with a 180 you know like no mm -hmm. no big deal almost mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so you like and then you have like an understanding of weather pattern and all of that so you really really contribute to each other and then if you bring like the artistic approach but then it makes complete sense like you have like a different look on the activity plus the ability to to do more you know like for mm -hmm. example with free flying like since like i had the ability to go where i want to go like then like i can create the camera motion i can prepare in my head before a jump so so yeah like one more time like it's really contribute to each other and i think that's like a, the strength of doing <coughs> a big variety of activity mm -hmm. And that works for our spot, but that works for everything in life in general. Huh? Be well-rounded. Yeah, the uh, and that's why, like, the tunnel, all of the flying we've been doing is just, we, we even, we did paragliding, we did tunnel flying, we're, we're working on all of those other non-base jumping, non-wingsuiting related sports just to kind of build out the, the Yeah, become thing. more well-rounded and... Uh, yeah, so like about that, like actually I have like something I'd like to talk about. Like for sure, like the tunnel is like the perfect labora laboratory to develop a technique. And as you say, like uh, today you're going to fly one hour mm -hmm. and like to do this amount of practice time in the sky that will take much more than a day. So you can really do shortcuts towards uh, gaining a more technique, but there is no shortcut for experience. And and I can see a lot of uh, downside of that, like when you bring this technique into a risk-taking activity, such as by jumping or skydiving. And uh, one more time, like there is no shortcut for experience. So, mm -hmm. and that can be deceptive because, like, since you have a good technique, you can. It's easy to to don't really see the difference between technique and experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but like it's been like many accidents, like that's been in the past, like because it's. Sure. In, in my yeah, and I feel like uh, you know one thing in the tunnel might be lacking a little bit is that uh, decision making ability, and because you're in a, a a relatively safe environment, I mean you can still get hurt in the tunnel, absolutely, but um, the conditions are basically perfect, and so you don't have to decide. You know, there's not a whole lot of judgment involved with you know landing directions and uh, whether or not to like go for that hike, and uh, some things you just have to learn by being in the sky or you know, being in the mountains yeah exactly and for example if you have like this perception of uh control environment where like the tunnel is so consistent as you say now like you feel the difference between 58 percent and 60 percent but mm. it's always the same no 
But like when you go bus jump, for example, like it's not always the same. Like you, you jump at nine in the morning or at two in the afternoon, like the, the air is completely different. And that's like one more time when you have like a bigger picture of air sport and air in general, like then like you can be more performant and safer, for sure. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, to talk about the limit of the tunnel mm -hmm. towards like gaining experience in bus jump environment is. Yeah. What is one of the biggest or one of your favorite lessons that you've learned from being in the sky, sky community? That's like, a <laughs> that's a big question because there is so many. Like one of them, and I think like everyone can relate to that is like the, like being confronted to the community. Like now I have like friends everywhere in the world with different culture and different mindset. And, and uh, so that's like for sure, uh, I would say like maybe not the biggest lesson, but that's like the biggest gift. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit cliche and has been said like many, many times. So I don't think it's need to develop more about that. But then about lesson is, like I think it's been like one of the greatest uh, laboratory for myself uh, development. So in my own practice, in my own practice, uh, for example, like developing my self-confidence, uh, be able to set a goal and develop a strategy to reach the goal, uh, understanding failure, like all these uh, very valuable skills that help me to have a much better life, you know? Yeah. And, um, and for me, like maybe like one of the biggest points was like self-confidence. I have like very low self-confidence uh, in my early days, like when I was a teenager. And, and for sure, like uh, to have some kind of like achievement in the, in the sport, like basically I like just achieved the goal I, I set for myself mm -hmm. and, and see if it actually works, like just that was like really, really, really valuable for me. And then it's actually really interesting also with coaching because then I can use this, this set of skills, I can use it for other people and experience it on other people too. Sure. So when I develop a, pro a progression program, for example, with you, like I try to apply what's been working for me and, and see how people respond, you know, and it's like every person is different. So, so that's also like very valuable for me. Like it's like my human uh, laboratory. Yeah. Well, and you also took the time to uh, understand our goals and like what we're trying to do and have applied some of that training to those. Yeah, definitely, because like the way I see, the way I picture my coaching basically is like I'm not here to to teach a set of gymnastic moves, you know. Like yeah. I'm really trying to have like a bigger understanding of uh, your goals, but also are we going to be able to reach those goals? And if you just narrow the approach toward like the gymnastic approach, like then it's very limited because you have like the emotional side of it, like the understanding side of it, and all of that need to come together to to go somewhere interesting. Like especially in your case, for example, you're wing wingsuit flyer, and that's why like you kind of like skip like uh, the static flying mm -hmm. because it doesn't really make sense toward your goals, you know. And I know you don't have like a unlimited amount of money and time to dedicate to the sport so we need to go a little bit straight to the point to, to make it beneficial sure. and after just uh, what three camps you said you tell me like wow like from the ramp like one of the most classic jump you've been doing like you already feel the yeah the benefit like that's like the best reward for me to to hear that yeah absolutely because we've got hundreds of jumps from the ramp and so when when the variable that has changed is our experience you know from being in the tunnel it's it's 
pretty hard to ignore the fact that you know growing is occurring and learning. Yeah, like especially like that we are in winter and you haven't been bus jump mm -hmm. much lately, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's like uh, I I track in the winter because I've, I've seen enough friends slip off. Or I haven't seen them, but enough friends have slipped off cliffs uh, in the winter in wingsuits for me to just say, hey, that's not something I'm going to do in the winter. You know, go back to tracking because that's another discipline of the sport that deserves respect and deserves time. And so when it seems like that's a safer time for me to do that relative to, you know, and then pull the wingsuits out come summertime or springtime. Yeah. Tracking's harder than wingsuiting. Way harder. Yeah. For me anyways. I don't know. I, yeah, but that's for sure not like especially with the modern wingsuits. Like mm -hmm. you stretch your arms and your legs like it's going to fly. Yeah. Maybe not great, but it's going to fly. Right. Tracking, yeah, like if you're like lazy or with your position, like you're going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. He's going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about this dynamic flying. Yes, yeah, so I definitely didn't develop that by myself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I'm not trying to like get, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, um, I mean? what do you like about dynamic? Okay, so that's like quite different question. Like that's the easy one. Like what I like about dynamic is like for me, it's like very trying to use my body as a wing, and I'm like performance aerodynamic position using my body, and now like we're wearing a very tight suit where like. You, you only have your body to, to fly with, and you can see like how much uh, potential of lift there is available just by small adjustment of your body, and what kind of acceleration and trajectory you can have, like even in a small space like the tunnel, like that's that's fun for sure. Oh yeah, and uh, like it's funny because like oh, something we are often say like say like yeah, but in the tunnel you cannot track, but. Actually, yeah, you track <laughs> constantly. Ask and Randy. Oh, yeah, I can track right into the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, like, the idea is, like, yeah, to track sideways, like carving, so you don't, you don't hit the wall. But at some point, basically, like, the, the wall disappears because you have, like, such a... Your trajectory is so precise and everything comes together to the point, like, yeah, like, the wall is, like, kind of disappear and it's just a big blur. Like, the visual is a big blur and, and the tunnel becomes much, much, much bigger than it is, actually. So now you imagine that, like when there is no wall in the sky. Uh, obviously, it's it's quite amazing. <laughs> uh, same like bringing that to base, like the base environment, like that was like a big goal of mine, and it's yeah, it's like something that makes me excited about flying, and probably never gonna really get bored of it. Maybe I'm gonna do other activity because there is other exciting stuff I want to do in life, but just like jump in the tunnel and, and do like some basic classic S trajectory. Like never gonna get bored of that. Yeah, like it's that just never way gets too much old. fun. <laughs> then I'm about sure. like developing the the activity, but that's like it's not one person, it's like the contribution of many, many people uh, that came together with ideas and and tried to understand how, how to make this work, you know, like that's like very, very young activity. And I think I've been like very lucky to end up at the right place at the right, right time, which was Botrop around 2010. It's like uh, it's considered as the mothership of the of the sport for the development of, of dynamic flying and, and the competition as we see now. Wow! So that's that for me has been like a very luck factor to end up there at this time. Did you just yeah. say 2010? Was is that when you started? Yeah, I started 2010, yeah. So it's, we're talking about eight years. Yeah. What, 
Wow. So like, uh, a lot has changed. A lot. Like you will see like the development in, uh, that's just the kind of stuff like you need to have an expert eye to understand because it's like small difference. Like, let's, yeah, you really need to have an expert eye to, to see what's been going on, but a lot has happened. Yeah. When you can feel the, di when you can describe differences in air, yeah, you've probably felt quite a bit of air at that point. So it, this is eight years of experience at this point, um, and you've seen things change from 2010 to 18. What do you What do you see in eight years from now? Uh, like that's really hard to say. Like the development of the sport, I think, like on the skill wise, like now we know. That's maybe pretentious to say that, but I think like. We kind of know like how to make things work, mm -hmm. and I don't think it's gonna be. It's not gonna be an exponential uh, development. So probably most likely gonna plateau, but the the global scale, like the general scale, gonna like be much higher. Like now you can see tunnels everywhere, tunnels everywhere, and there is ninjas everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. and the young generation is coming. It's completely mind blowing to see. So with a little bit of imagination, like yeah, you can. <laughs> it's it's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, well, when you see like nine-year-olds in in the tunnel, like they, this is normal for them, you know. Like that's uh, this was this wasn't around when we were kids, so it's uh, when when that's their baseline, there's no telling what they're gonna come up with you know, mm. from there. But uh, one thing that I've picked up from talking to other tunnel flyers is uh, the way you use lower speed and how people used to use um, just crank that tunnel up as fast as they could and, and fly at very high speed. And uh, you have a tendency to use lower speed to per to find perfection in uh, body position. Yeah, exactly. Like that's <coughs> that's the best teacher. Like uh, <laughs> like now, just try to create situation where you, by yourself you're gonna feel what's going on. And like as I say, like we do like very small adjustments, like just uh, moving a little bit your chest forward, or gonna have like great uh, influence on your flying. And if the speed is very high, like you don't have any chance to feel that. But if the speed is like perfectly set, like if you do the right adjustment, you're flying. If you don't do the right adjustment, you're falling and you're sinking to the net. So for you, for the learning process, like you get direct feedback of like what works and what doesn't work. So that's like, yeah, like one of the reasons that make it very valuable for the for the progression. Sweet. And fun to watch us suffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that being said, like that's just a tool towards flying higher speed later. Yeah. Like we, I'm, I'm not planning of making you like a ninja of low speed. It's like we're just learning how to fly, mm -hmm. and he ends up like flying on a lower speed. Like is a good situation for progress. Yeah, yeah. When that uh, stress plus rest equals growth, you know. So to put us in stressful situations and make us work, and then we have time to chill, even whether it's today, because we'll do 15 minute blocks with usually an hour or two in between. Uh, so or we get that month mini. to month. Yeah, and month to month, it's on a, on a bigger scale. But yeah. yeah, that's part of the, um, oh, I wanted to set the progression program. I have the experience of mm -hmm. uh, Bam Bam that did uh, 11 hours straight in one week. Yeah. Ooh. It's completely uh, <laughs> perfect. Speaking of which, <laughs> are you ready? I think it's about time we go fly in the tunnel. All right, yeah. can we can we just take a pause maybe and yeah. pick it up a little bit later? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's yeah. go fly. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's go fly.
right, we are back. And uh, so Alex just put Brian and I through 15 minutes apiece of Tunnel Time. And we're going to do the debrief on the podcast, too. So for anybody listening to this, uh, this is what you can expect if you train with Alex um, as far as feedback after, uh, after training. Alex, what'd you see? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, but as usual, like, I'd rather let you start and debrief yourself. Because okay. for me, like, be able to debrief yourself is like part of the skill you need for the long-term progression. Like ultimately, you're gonna become your own coach, so you need to develop the skill to, to yeah, to be able to judge yourself. And sure. also for me, it's like important to to have an understanding of the session from your perspective. Well, go ahead, I, Brian. My back layouts are better than my fronts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. Like with the back layout, I'm getting the arms there, but I'm noticing that I'm only using the front half of the tunnel instead of going across and, and really creating like a, a large circle. But they were working. Yeah, and especially now, like, since like, so maybe to put stuff back in context, like a back layout is a transition head down, starting from the back, going over the head all the way to the belly. And that's quite a challenging uh, transition and uh, a little bit of scary one too. And like now, like obviously, like it's great, like you talk about the trajectory. But right now, like the my goal with you is like to make sure you're able to do it safely without me spotting you. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, like holding you. And that's more or less the first session was for both of you. I could like, yeah, it's working. Like they don't really need me anymore. And if you actually have like a little bit like a short trajectory and staying uh, closer to the world, that. What you're supposed to, it's actually not that bad because we're still in a danger zone where <laughs> maybe you're going to fuck up something and like go track against the wall. Mm -hmm. So by having like the layout a little bit closer to the wall when we start, it just make it a little bit safer. Yeah. So like now, like, yeah, like for both of you, that's like a little bit the highlight of the session is that's more or less the first time I let you do some back layout by yourself. And which means we enter the danger zone now. <laughs> because, <laughs> yep. like, obviously, like, I need to give you more and more trust and let you do things by yourself. But you're also, like, going to build self-confidence. And we need to be careful, like, you're actually keeping aware of the pressure on the arms to make sure you're not tracking towards the wall. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of those where the front layouts were like, oh, God. Yeah, like the front layout is funny. Like you, yesterday they were perfect, and like today you, you overshoot again. Mm -hmm. I actually, like don't really know why. Like you still do this weird stuff with your legs sometimes. Yep. And but I think it's a lot about like how much intention you put at the beginning, because that's like translates into momentum that you need to stop at the end. So if you put too much intention at the beginning, then it's more effort to stop it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically, just go up, look at me, and don't overdo it. That's gonna like work like easier I guess yeah mm. and another highlight of the session for you was like the uh, in-face carving yeah and like it's been like really going in waves with success for the in-face carving and like now we go back into something that works so in-face carving is so it's like flying on your back head down and uh yeah making circle basically yeah <laughs> like in a circle trajectory big spins in circles on your back yeah, that's what we do, like circle <laughs> in the air. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely felt a lot better. I noticed there was a lot more I could control, like if we're turning towards the left arm, 
the the left arm was the was the gas for for the spin you know i could kind of just throw the elbow out there a little bit and catch some wind and yeah get some more going and then while moving the arms up and down was putting me either closer or farther away from you yeah and it was like oh oh yeah but that's perfect like now you connect like awareness of the feedback of the pressure on your arms with the result you get in the trajectory so like the fact you're able to connect that by yourself now like that's mean like you're gonna have more and more freedom to do it by yourself but maybe it's not the perfect way to do it right now but it's a big step towards being able to fly by yourself yeah and it was it was getting like when i had the whole rest of my body relaxed that that started to feel comfortable and then that last session where we were really i was trying to kind of head down arch the straight body kind of tip it over still not quite there yeah so because like it changed a lot of things like that changed your speed on trajectory and that also influenced your level and and now you're gonna need to do like more adjustment with the the pressure on the arms yep to to counter effect like diving super fast toward the net or or going into too big trajectory but that you ju we just need to have the intention to go into the performance position so you can develop the feeling of what works and what doesn't work yeah yeah because i noticed that my arms didn't quite do yeah that's funny because when you were like i think you bring your attention in your hips and legs and you completely forget about your arms so mm. i think it was like close to zero inputs right so basically like you're going too Down. fast for the level of uh, control you have at the moment mm -hmm. good yeah it was super fun yeah perfect yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's yeah. I, I I popped out of this tunnel every every session, every three minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, this one felt like uh, a lot of things clicked. Um, uh, the, a lot of things you've been introducing and showing us now. That's starting to be like, oh, that's what that is. Okay, and uh, I always forget which. I'm really bad at the names, but going from my belly over to my back that layout is that a back layout or a front layout head down uh so if i'm if i'm on my belly and i know i just go head up yeah, like and the, backwards the front, yeah. okay yeah that one I'm, I'm starting to find more control uh through the range and i almost felt like i could go into um head up in in face carving uh from a, as i was transitioning over i felt like i could just sort of bring my knees together uh, have strong feet i love that feeling when you come over on your feet and like you mm -hmm. kind of can feel the pressure on the bottoms of your feet and you get that moment where you're just like you find that like money spot the yeah and it's just like oh yeah that's good orgasm yeah <laughs> and then you finish it well yeah. that's like where like the money spot is is like where you, you have the opportunity to connect to another uh, type of carving or mm -hmm. type of transition and that's what you just mentioned and that's like one of the foundation of what we're trying to do yeah yeah, that, that felt really good. And then the, uh, I noticed you holding or controlling me less during my, uh, as we like to call it, dick face carving. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Head down, facing out, carving. That's um, a technical term with yeah. the VBG. Dick face uh, carving is, is what thing. it's called. Everybody knows what we're talking about. That's, that's going to be our, uh, our gift to the tunnel community <laughs> as a new, new, new name for a move. 
but uh yeah it it felt a lot better i felt like i could control my uh uh height or you know elevation a little more like uh with my head and then i noticed um that uh you you weren't slinging me or not slinging me but you know you weren't uh you're giving Hanging me a little your arms exactly, for your life you weren't gripping ah. death gripping me um, <laughs> most of the time so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah like for me that's been like one of the victory of this session mm-hmm. because yeah the death grip is yeah. not necessary anymore. Yeah, because that, uh, that's barely like I've, I was basically doing nothing, like just like very small adjustment to keep you in the tunnel mm-hmm. and there. But like, like now I'm just like uh, wonder if you what's happening with your visual, if you can mm-hmm. like really see me. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm noticing your hands more, and I'm not getting as disoriented uh, uh. in the as we're spinning around the tunnel. Uh, still struggling a little bit when I go from that position onto my back uh because then it's like my brain has to kind of flip upside down like my my visual changes and then it's like uh, for a split second there i have to uh yeah sort of let my eyes adjust yeah like that don't bother too much about that right now because that's that's really uh a few steps ahead of the progression for the moment so I, I didn't put too much attention to that, but I'd rather do that than a barrel roll because mm-hmm. I think it's more beneficial for later. Yeah. But like right now, like the most important for me is like make sure you actually see me as much as possible mm-hmm. because you, you still have the head position is not by the book. Yeah. You still have like this tension a little bit and it's not like ideal the way you put your head, but if you see me and we are able to fly more and more together, then you're gonna have the opportunity to correct that mm-hmm. like soon, hopefully. But if you can see me, then we can fly together and we're going to do more death gripping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just try and try and look out for you more. Yeah, that was that was a really fun session. Yeah, like we're lucky. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if it's the influence of the podcast or <laughs> if you guys are like having pressure of success to have a really good session to debrief uh, for the podcast, but. Yeah, no, could not really have a better session than this one. Well, and you know, like you were saying earlier, I, I think some things do overlap um, because when I'm when I feel like I'm under less pressure to release podcasts, I also can focus on other things and uh, and not be so concerned with a schedule. And you know, now that because I we enjoy doing this, you know, kind of stuff, it feeds other areas of our life and this weekend it's tunnel time and so knowing that ah yeah we got some recordings we're all right and then (laughs) uh and and so that that sort of frees my brain to to really invest in uh that while we're in the tunnel so yeah i'm I'm just having fun bam what'd you you see uh, sitting outside watching us I feel like I almost saw Brian Scorpion on the net one time. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely was watching my video, and then I could see Max standing in the doorway, and a couple of those uh, beautiful uh, transitions. Um, you saw him like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but if you're not, like, I feel like if you're not, you know, you're not trying hard enough. If you don't, like, hit the glass a few times or hit the net, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, that's how I think, but. Yeah, you got to try, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that depends a lot from individual to individuals. Yeah. Because, like, I know with you, for example, but right now, like, I feel a little bit like we need to take care because you're back. But I know it's not going to have big consequence if you eat the wall a little bit hard. But some people, it's going to destroy them for two years. Yeah. And it's like a massive step back in the progression or massive, uh, <laughs> yeah, slowdown of everything. So, like, for me, I, 
I'd rather if we avoid eating the whole. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. I haven't hit the glass yet. That's right. I think. Oh, I've, I've, I've hit the glass. Oh, I've definitely I mean, I've the touched glass. the glass, but yeah. I haven't like, smushed <laughs> myself against the glass yet. Yeah, I, I yeah. like watching the videos. Uh, cause so when we're not flying, there's a there's a video or a, can- or a TV Dude. screen playing the footage that we were just doing, like the... Fuck me. Instant what am I trying replay. to say? Yeah, instant replay for the three minutes that we just that I was just in. And I, li- I like watching <laughs> some of the uh, um, body Reactions. language of you and, like, the safety guy that's standing in the door. And then when, when all of a sudden they just start, like, doing the spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, please, God, let this, ha- let this work. <laughs> it's like, oh, did I get it? Well, I didn't die, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I find that is mostly to have fun with the the mm-hmm. driver. Like driving is a little bit like it's not the most fun things to do, and and it's like related to the situation. I think. Yeah. And the the driver is the guy that's controlling the speed of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 I'd imagine that gets old after a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, it depend it depends like what's going on in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Like it can be extremely boring, but it also. Like the way I was seeing it when I was in this position, like when I was instructor, like I was basically paid to get experience. I was paid to sit down and watch other people watch. fly and mm-hmm. or coach, and so I actually learned a lot by doing that. But if you're in the mindset of saying like, yeah, that's the most boring job in the world, then it is because yeah, yeah. It, your task is not really. It's not. It's not like super rewarding <laughs> task. Yeah, I find that sitting there during like first timers. I actually enjoy watching first timers in the tunnel because it's like so they have no idea what they're doing, but you can see what they're doing. And you're like, oh, look. And as soon as they extend their legs, oh, it it, it works. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun to watch those like people with that, that look on their face as they're just getting blown all over the place. Yeah, whether it's skydiving or tunnel, you can only introduce someone to that uh, sport once. You know, so that that first impression is is what's going to stick with them, and and a lot of people are only going to do that intro five minutes or whatever they get, and that might be it forever. Yeah. So, like as an, I would imagine, as an instructor, you want to give them a good time and you know, hope that they come back or at least send them away with a positive experience, so that when they talk to other people about their indoor skydiving experience, it's a it's a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's like yeah. same like that can be like the most boring job ever. Like you can see like some people are like a little bit burned out and and they already consider that as a two minute roller coaster. So they just like put people in a way in, in and mm-hmm. out and just one after and another. Yeah. And it's like that's for sure not the the best way to do for everybody. Like, mm-hmm. And as you say, like for me, like same. I was like <coughs> first I was like the best uh, one of the best approach to start coaching because in, in my uh, head I was like okay I have two minutes to make this person fly. And uh, and so that's coaching. Okay, so it's just like teaching them how to fly on the belly, so it's not like a complex task, but it's still it's still coaching. Mm-hmm. And then also it's like, as you say, maybe like the only time in their lives they're gonna have a chance to experience uh, air sport. So I kind of feel like responsibility to give them uh, the greatest experience possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I felt the same thing as a tandem instructor. Mm-hmm. Even though you got asked the same questions every day, same stuff over and over, it's like you had to be cheerful about it and 
hope you know, hope that they had fun. You know, yeah. so sorry for anybody that had a rough landing with me once or twice, but uh, <laughs> hopefully you went back and skydived again. Sometime, but uh, yeah, you wanna you wanna give them that positive experience. What else? Uh, what else did you see, Alex? Uh, I feel like we're just looking forward for the next session. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, Stoke was high coming out of that one. And for anyone listening to this, this is my excited voice. Sorry, I'm mon- <laughs> monotone, you know. But, but uh, <laughs> no, no, like for me, it's become like more and more exciting because yeah. I can give you more and more freedom, and everything starts to come together. So, so now that's yeah, looking forward to keep playing. Awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well. So shifting gears, you're not getting off that easy, Alex, because I still have questions, and we, <laughs> we, got, we got interrupted by tunnel time. <laughs> but, uh, Hashtag world's world problems. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, uh, what book are you reading right now or like, listening to on audio, Audible? or how? Right, right now, I just finished uh, Homo Deus. It's like uh, the same author that did uh, Sapiens. I think mm, Sapiens is a Amadeus, okay. More, more known. And uh, so the like this guy is like probably one of the most brilliant person I been confronted to. I just love the are we like the ideas I put in the books are not necessarily new because I've been exposed to it before. But the way you put it together and connect the idea and make prediction of the future is like it's it's really exciting. Nice. I, I downloaded uh, Sapiens. I just I haven't had a chance to start it yet. Yeah. Um, that's going to be the next one I, I fire up in the queue. I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, I know Lo listened to that one and uh, Ben uh, also <laughs> listened to it. <laughs> Name drop. Yeah, minutes. it's like um, it's nothing really original because mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's so good. Like I think everybody is yeah. suggesting to everybody to exactly. But I think that's probably your influence, you know, because I think uh, Ben got it from low yeah, okay. and i'm guessing you mentioned yeah. it to low and yeah, so it's, it's a big circle of uh you know a spider web of influence you yeah. know so that's or we're, cool. we're just incestuous or we're just all friends and we all just talk about things we're interested in i mind <laughs> yeah but uh that's cool do you have a do you have a favorite book um like for me mine's fight club i know it's kind of a simple book but it's for um, simple man yeah Maybe it's not simple. I don't know. It's just I like, it's simple. It's not simple at all. <laughs> well, you can read it in. I read it in like a day because I was I had nothing else to do. But I've read it like three times. But anyways, I don't think I will be able to pinpoint one book. Mm-hmm. Like right now, like I would put yeah, *Sapiens* and *Homodeus* pretty high on the list. I read the, I read the not not too much uh, uh, fiction. Like. Like there is some book that like have some kind of influence, like I don't know, like the Alchemist and this kind of stuff. But same is like it's a little bit cliche, so I don't feel like developing. Ah, whatever. It's <laughs> a good book. <laughs> yeah, class- yeah, it's classic awesome book, classics like, uh, for a reason. But that's why, like, I don't really feel like I'm bringing something interesting on the conversation. But mm-hmm. yeah, like big, re- like the big uh, recommendation or for sure, like uh, Sapiens and Homo Deus. Mm-hmm. What uh, what podcast are you listening to? Tim Ferriss. He's a good one. Uh, uh, Sam Harris. Sam Harris is yeah. awesome. That's probably number one. Yeah, both both of them for different reasons. But then I, I like also I've been listening to 
Tony Robbins and it's like it's a little bit intense to listen to but I got some <laughs> yeah. good points so yeah have you ever uh, heard Hardcore History you familiar with that one mm, no yeah yeah I read about it but yeah. I didn't listen Dan to Carlin it. that's that's one that, that I like to go back to yeah they don't release that often so when they do come out it's like it, it's a big deal I mean, yeah. they're like four hour long I mean they go into detail yeah I think yeah. I heard about it because it was mentioned in Tim Ferriss mm. mm-hmm. but isn't there a Netflix special on Tony Robbins? And like, it's like super intense because he's like motivating people to like do these things that yes. like he doesn't really know anything about them. Right? Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen that it's on Netflix. Yeah, I just don't know what it's about. Yeah, I, I don't think I will sign up for. Uh, <laughs> I think I organize like workshop and motivational talk and yeah, like I've seen some expert on yeah video and yeah, it's it's quite intense. But uh, some some of the concept, like I think you have a very famous talk uh, that's on TED maybe with the six human needs, and that's something I really like, like the way you put things together. But maybe I'd, I'd rather read his ideas and <laughs> listening to it. Yeah, that's rad. Um, I want to throw an analogy at you. <laughs> 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 Skydiving is the tunnel time. (laughs) Gabe, what cage fighting is to. Yeah, that's why. It's a terrible analogy. (laughs) I I think tunnel time is a controlled environment, much like fighting in a cage, like MMA. I mean, it's skydiving. It's both in a cage. Let, yeah. let, well, let it's him, a controlled let him, environment. Let him explain the whole thing, and, and then, then skydiving and then we'll tear it up. is a okay. little more like a street fight, because in skydiving it's a little bit loose. Like you, there's no walls to bounce off of. Like you can you can have bad technique and not really know it because there's not a whole lot of a frame of reference. Like in a street fight, where it's just sort of you, you know you can throw haymakers and get a little bit wild, and then in MMA, generally you're fighting someone that has experience with, uh, so go at, go. If, if there was a sound effects board, I'd press the button and I'd go, wah, 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 wah. Wow, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm leaving this in too. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to call low. Cause my be jo- like low. I don't know if you've heard this story before, but you need to come over to, you know, minute 42 and <laughs> find out if Randy has sorted his shit out with the, <laughs> my analogy, with his analogy. Sky he came up with this in Spain. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I heard about it before. <laughs> you prob- well, everybody's heard a Randy story before, but... Or two. <laughs> of the same story. There. I just want to say that, Alex, you are one of the most patient men I've ever seen. Um we were walking home from dinner last night <laughs> while Randy tells the same story that literally he told the, the morning of um, at, on our way to the tunnel. And I just stopped and was like, Alex, why, why are you letting him tell you the same story he just told you? Like 12 but, hours earlier. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that uh, you know, Susie hadn't heard it, so he c- didn't miss a beat, didn't stop, and just said, oh, well, Susie hasn't heard it, so I'll continue this story. <laughs> you know, and when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather used to do the same thing. He'd tell me the same stories from, you know, back in Korea, you know, uh, every time I saw him. So that must be where I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That, 
it's probably where you got it. I don't know, you're like so enthusiastic about it. Like it's, it was hard to stop you. I think it's a good analogy. Oh, so the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was an emotional roller coaster yesterday with thinking I almost lost my computer. Have you, you want me to tell you about it? No. <laughs> I think it was two the days list, ago. The listeners <laughs> don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Brian, you got anything you want to add? Nah, man. This is so much fun. I mean, I don't get a chance to publicly say it very often other than on Instagram where I'm, like, singing your praises. But, dude, really fucking loving this shit. Yeah. yeah. When are we scheduling the next 15 hours? Yeah. <laughs> I have a new winter activity that I'm hoping to, uh, you know, book you in for next year before yeah, anybody perfect. else can. Yeah. yeah, for the little story, like, you mentioned, like, when we met and during this wingsuit camp, I did this 15 minutes of playing with me. And I remember the day after, you were, like, pretty happy about your back flying and maybe connect a little bit the dot between the tunnel station and... And, uh, and your progress in wingsuits. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. And then I was maybe three or four months after when you signed up for the camp, I was like, yes, winning. Yeah. <laughs> like he's yeah. coming back and bring his friend. That's perfect. Yeah. Like I was super happy. So It was mutual. I was in the same boat. I was like, yes, we're getting Alex. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, as I said, like, probably like, and that's why, like, we do, I set this up as a progression program. No, it's like, I really see that as a project to, to guide you in your progression. Yeah. Which is like kind of a big project when you see how much time and money and I mean like all your life is around flying, no? So same like I feel a bit of responsibility to deliver the good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like yeah, that's exciting and looking yeah. forward to Yeah, the the return on investment has been uh significant so far. Really pleased with it. Yeah. Zero buyer's remorse in, yeah. in this. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till I smash into the glass first. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pull bam. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, um, I feel like I had one more thing I wanted to say uh, regarding the return on investment. Oh, yeah. So uh, on the tunnel time, and you know, I'm already setting aside money for next year for the more training like this because it's cold in the winter. And obviously, skydiving in the winter is not a whole lot of fun when you're freezing to death. So tunnel is a great alternative to... Uh, to skydiving and staying sharpening your skills staying current in, in some aspects of the sky sport and then um yeah and then once once that snow melts go see see how much you've improved and so far it's been a lot of fun i got a question so, what would like so the camp we have one more camp left right mm-hmm. um what, like you guys are talking about next winter but i mean what would you recommend as far as like how much time to fly in between now and then to kind of like because i feel like I did that 12-hour camp in Russia, and then I did, like, an hour between then and now. And, like, you know, I was, like, here, then totally, like, uncurrent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Obviously, it varies person to person or whatever, but... Yeah, it's variable to person to person, and it's variable to your finance. It's variable to the girl you have for yourself. And yeah. the answer is, like, fly as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rel- relative, relative to that. And uh, if you have the finance, if you have the time, and... Yeah, like play as much as possible because we just talked about it now, like the 10,000 uh, yeah. hours, hours rule yeah. of mastery. Like that's just come up to that. Yeah. yeah. So in the last three weeks, um, like Brian and I did a wingsuit camp uh, with Next Level in Spain. Last weekend we did a little bit of base jumping. This weekend we're doing some tunnel time. 
I'm really happy with <laughs> like the weekend game we're playing right now. But I'm, uh, do you have any recommendations on how to, I guess, balance all of that and then stay sharp? Because I feel like uh, Tunnel needs more, you know, like an hour once a month or an hour every couple of months. It's something just to like go back in and you know, stay sharp. What are your thoughts on that? Can you rephrase? Sorry, I was. Sorry, so I, don't, I, I got it. So, you know, <laughs> interpret. What, what kind of break periods is enough, but not too much, for the between tunnel sessions to, uh, to maintain like, some level of, you know, without going back too far. Kind of like with Bam, he was, you know, he he did eleven hours and then didn't do it for however long. I feel like it's it's a it's a scale that's always kind of dropping. Yeah, and you top up again, and it's. I would say not longer than five weeks. Mm-hmm. So, so three, ide- ideally three weeks, maybe. Right. And beca- because it's also important to have time to watch the video. and So it's not only like recover it in the body, it's also like trying to bring understanding into what you're doing. And then there is so much stuff you can do to progress in flying and tunnel flying out of the tunnel mm. with uh, mental visualization, watching the video, watching the video of other people. Like there is like so many competition organized all the time now. Like there is a big volume of uh, video available of very skilled flying, and and this for sure like uh, contributes to your own progression. And um, and like this, uh, ob- that's that's like where it's good to have uh, some guidance with an experienced coach because it's not only about like what you do during the session, but also like how you organize the long-term picture of the progression. Mm-hmm. And relative, one more time, relative to your finance and relative to your goals, because there are some goals that are just not realistic. Like uh, at some point, like you need to realize this is most likely one of the most expensive <laughs> activity yeah. available on earth. <laughs> yeah. So it's not possible for every kind of uh, wallet to access to it, and and there is some goals that are just not realistic. I actually questioned myself when I started to fly. Like I did the f- something like four or five hours. And at some point, I was like, I need to find a solution to fly a lot. <laughs> and if I don't, I'm just going to quit. Mm. And I'm going to do something else. Because with relative to my uh, financial situation, it was not realistic to... I would have just been frustrated, basically, because I would not be able to, to reach the goal like I would picture for myself. But money is just an excuse, huh, because there's always a solution. Mm. And in this, in, at this period, I have very low finance. I think I have like maybe less than 10,000 euros per year to live. Mm. And, uh, and I find a way. <laughs> So there's always a way, like, uh, I mean, like, we live. With, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, and especially, like, right now, like, I mean, it's never been easier in history of mankind <laughs> for a European male kind of person to do whatever he wants, no? Like, there's so much possibilities and opportunity to do, yep. to make things happen. So, like, there is no really excuse. Money is not an excuse. <laughs> True that. Alex, because Sky Sports, like Tunnel, everything, this is not, it's such a part of your life. It's part of your profession. What's something that you like to do that's completely unrelated to skydiving or base jumping or tunnel or paragliding? Uh, it's not completely unrelated, but like one of my favorite activities where I want to put more time into it is free diving. Free diving. Uh, and it's not. It's actually very connected to flying and base jumping in my uh, 
from my perspective <laughs> because you're moving your body in a fluid so that's like you have like this feeling of yeah using your body and and like when you go further down than 10 meters like your lung are so squeezed that you start to sink so you basically you're falling through a fluid so mm -hmm. it just very slow flying kind of kind of thing. Sure. Yep. And also there is like this mental aspect that's like oh, it's been very I was like I can talk for hours about that. So I'm not yeah. sure if <laughs> free diving. <laughs> what what are the, like right up there with base jumping as far as dangerous activities are concerned for sure. Uh it's actually if you do it by the book, if you have like the proper education mm -hmm. and you use the safety procedure that's been developed, like it's actually a very safe activity. Much, so you, you much safer than scuba diving or, yeah. and much, much safer than skydiving for sure. You don't just swim as deep as you can and then come back up <laughs> yeah, as exactly. fast as you can. Wait till yeah. the halfway point and be like, I think I'm there. I'm going to yeah. turn around now. When your vision starts to yeah, exactly. narrow, <laughs> then turn around and go back no, up. But like there is a lot of misconception about uh, uh, freediving and accident in freediving because like in the statistics, they usually put the spearfishing uh, accidents. And that's a completely different kind of activity. And there's also a lot of people that don't have the education to, to practice in a safe manner, such as doing hyperventilation before diving and this kind of stuff. So it's like some common misconception. And if you, if you don't take the time, like every kind of risk activity, if you don't take the time to get proper education, you expose yourself to big risk. But if you actually take coaching and do the thing step by step and it's it's actually very safe are we talking about base jumping or free diving now it's the same exactly <laughs> exactly the same but that's like the approach with whatever risk-taking activity yep. i feel it's like you need to be really arrogant to start a, an act, a risk-taking activity where like basically you can die like and trying to figure it by yourself no yep and i've been doing that i'm, I'm guilty on that hmm. and that was just arrogant no there is so much experience and knowledge available like, why don't you just go to the experienced people? You can really believe, like, coming from nowhere, you can figure out shit, shit by yourself. Like, this is being, like, really arrogant. So, yeah. All right. Very so, cool. free diving, summer 2019. <laughs> yeah, like, for me, like, I'm same, like, talking about, like, self-development. Uh, it's, like, it's been, like, one of the most rewarding activity uh, I've been doing. And you know, like this awesome feeling of uh, when you push at the exit. I'm, I'm not gonna be. I don't want to develop too much about that. But like the ones that jump, like they know, like when you push at the exit, like you have this really special uh, change of perception. And but it always comes with a like some sort of like adrenaline rush, or I don't know how to put it. But usually, like your heartbeat's gonna be pretty high. You know, like it's it's gonna. So you have like your body is in kind of like quite a fast uh, type of physiology, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And freediving, you can have like the same kind of um, situation, like s same kind of change of perception about time and all of that, except like you put a lot of effort before diving to slow down your metabolism. You're gonna take two, minute, two minutes of warm up to slow down your heartbeat and everything is very slow. And so you have like this kind of like shift of perception happening, but with a completely different uh, state in your body which is like very slow and very calm and like that's awesome in my uh, opinion <laughs> and i say like i can talk about that for two hours from now yeah. so we can do you, does meditation come into play with things like that um so i'm i'm not an experienced meditator but 
but I, I do have a little bit of experience and and I think yeah, it's it's come it's come together. But like for me, like I think it's the important. I've been saying that, not saying like uh, yeah, you can like sit on a meditation cushion for 20 years of your life trying to figure things out, or you can like go do stuff. Yeah, go do <laughs> stuff and and get like a easier like some 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 sort of shortcut. Uh, to get this, not the same, but like a glimpse of what's possible, I think. Mm. It's basically just like trying to create situation to modify your perception of what you experience. And jumping off a cliff is one, free diving is one, flying in the tunnel is definitely one too. Yep. I think it has to do with like you're maximizing your potential like as like a force of energy, you know what I mean? Like with base jumping and you like is that moment when you, you're talking about when you like exit, you know, it's just like boom, like time just kind of moves slow for a second and like you're fully in the zone, there's nothing else going on, you know, and it's just like that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't have that I don't get that anywhere else except maybe like the instant you come, you know what I mean? Like where it, that's <laughs> what, I call it the money shower. It's like there's nothing else going on. Like I'm fully in the moment. I'm like maximizing, using everything in my capability to like do what I did, like be in the zone to be where I'm at. You know, get that anywhere else. Yeah. Like in the tunnel. I get when really you, frustrated in the tunnel. Well, that too, but <laughs> it's funny because when you go watch the replay, you actually see, Oh wow. There was like four people standing around the tunnel. There was somebody filming. There was somebody walking around. There was these you people don't talking. See any of that when All you're in there? All of that stuff goes away. Uh. Same thing with a base exit. None of the other stuff. And I mean, with experience, you start to be more aware of things as they happen. Um, but yeah, no free diving. And like with base jumping, it's like it's so powerful because you don't have any choice. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like at, at least it, for me, it's like this. While in the tunnel, I can completely have a self-talk and be bothered about some random shit that happened in my life, and and that's not a good good feeling. But with base jumping, like if you like actually decide to jump, like for a short moment, like you have no choice, like you're gonna get in a zone, as you say, like that's that, right. All of that's gonna disappear. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know like in the tunnel right now, I have very little awareness of what's going on outside the tunnel while I'm trying to fly with you. But I know like same with my first building jump, I've very little recollection of what happened. I have like flashes of, of memory, but then fast forward about four or five years in, in Istanbul, I, I was doing gainers off the building and I have a very clear memory of a dude, I don't know, probably six floors down or so, maybe 10 floors down, like bringing his coffee mug to his lips <laughs> as I'm looking at him. Like we, we shared a split second moment where he's, you know, drinking his morning Joe, and I'm like upside down, looking at him. You know, finishing my rotation, getting ready to pull. It was a funny moment. So it's That's all about awesome. you know experience <laughs> and you know becoming comfortable in certain situations. But yeah, Alex, where can people find you on uh, social media and the internet and stuff like that? Uh, Satori Factory. I, I almost never. Or I, yeah, prioritize communicating on Satori Factory. I barely use my name. So Instagram or the website. Awesome. All right. And that'll be in the show notes. Yes, Satori Factory will be in the show notes. Along with some of those. I got to say, which video with the 
guys in the mustaches. Johnny. Yeah. Danger. <laughs> what was that? We'll we'll throw that video in the show notes. Yeah. What video is Brian talking about, Alex? You you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, so yeah, that was like a, a video we made for. Uh, so I have some friends that have uh, participated to the development of a job that in Romania, like the mm-hmm. TNT browser. And they invite me to make a promotional video during a, a boogie. And I just wanted to do something a little bit silly. And so we, we bought like a bunch of uh, fake moustache and give fake moustache to everybody. And along the way, we started to create uh, this Johnny character like m- made by uh, my friend Peter. And, uh, and we have like this funny character and like we just like fuck around. And it ended up being like quite few video like the flying is like nothing special but it just i was like the one of the most fun video project i've been doing what's, I, the, what's the name of the video journey johnny <laughs> i remember watching that video and like i first started skydiving and yeah. being like oh my god this is fucking hilarious yeah, yeah. it's yeah. amazing like him going out the door yeah in a like pencil dive just penguining Spinning. spiraling yeah. Yeah. and it's like funny mustache on craft like on the way up, they make us the joke, like the craft was going down, and we have to do an emergency exit. And <laughs> <laughs> everybody out. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly <laughs> like this. Like, and the, like the aircraft was like you could see like hole made by rust oh, good. in the world from inside the, the plane. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, like uh, really, like <laughs> this thing gonna take off? <laughs> right. Well, that's my fun. Like uh, when people were like, "Why would you jump out of a perfectly good airplane?" I was like. Have you ever seen the airplanes we jump out of? They're not that great. Like, yeah. They're they're barely functional. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah so. the, the the first thousand feet. Yeah, you're you're clipped in so that they can find all the body parts in case this thing crashes. That's that's, that's negative, Brian. <laughs> that's that what way I th- to bring the podcast down, Brian. <laughs> that's what I think about. On that note, <laughs> for, the, for the first Goodbye. for the first two minutes of every skydive, I'm thinking about how fast we're skidding across the ground, and when it takes off. If, if if we're actually going to get lift, and if it doesn't, and we hit the ground, like, these are the things that run through my head during takeoff. Nobody else thinks like that? Yeah, like the plane part <laughs> is the most scary aspect of skydiving. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. even, if, even if, okay, the th- thousand feet, you're good, unbuckle, you unbuckle. If you're at 1,100 feet and there's a problem, do you think we're getting out? At a thousand feet. Well, technically, I think the USBA now has changed it to fifteen hundred feet. You're supposed to, or two thousand feet. I, I have think. not heard that, but mm-hmm. we'll yeah. have to check. That's what I got heard of my coach course last year. Interesting. But nobody does it. <laughs> yeah. But check out Johnny. That shit's check out Johnny. <laughs> that shit's awesome. And Satori Factory. How All right. Old, how old is that video? When when did you guys put that out? Wow. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, go I'm check it out. That, it's yeah. on. It's on the. Uh, It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch it now. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm leaving. Well, I'm gonna go watch Johnny. <laughs> this has been a Base Life podcast. <laughs> thanks hey. for thanks for joining us, Alex. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye. All right. If you want to know more about our guests, just check out the show notes. And if you want to give us some feedback or reach out to us, you can hit us at baselife2014 at gmail.com, facebook.com backslash the base life. And on Instagram, we're at base.life. All right. Thanks.